It's a different free agency class in this sense. These are better, more impactful efforts than was made in free agency last year. Welcome to Jaguars Reporters, presented by TIAA Bank, with Brian Sexton, John Osher, Ashlyn Sullivan, and J.P. Shadrick. Jaguars Reporters, presented by TIAA Bank, starts right now. Welcome into Jaguars Reporters. Today is Monday, March 21st. J.P. Shadrick, Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, Brian Sexton. Had to check the date real quick. This month is flying by. The start of the league year is here. And reactions after the first wave of free agency. The Jaguars have doled out $155 million guaranteed dollars in the first big seven names signed. Well, I think the big theme is that. It's a lot of money going out the door. Secondly... It's a culture shift. That's the idea for head coach Doug Peterson, especially with the story we see in The Athletic that oh. came out earlier today of what happened in the past season here. They want to get as far away from that kind of situation as they can. But it starts, John, when you get guys who have been captains in other places that can establish a culture in that locker room. They did that with a couple of these names coming in, and Fadakasi especially, and, and Brandon Sheriff, the guard. Yeah, I mean... I hate the term win the press conference, but these guys all spoke uh, last Thursday and then uh, Darius Williams spoke on Friday. You can see why they think they're a culture fit. You can certainly see why they like the off-field stuff. I have to couch it all, though, by knowing that people listening have heard all this before. The word culture makes my eyes glaze over right, right So there's a little <laughs> bit of that, and, and I agree. I mean, culture, whatever it is, what they've done so far – gets them a chance to do more but obviously most people listening to this show are like john we've heard this brian we've heard this schlin and jp um you know we've heard all this before so i'm not going to do cartwheels but yes these guys seem like good guys that you can build around and that you want setting the foundation now we'll see where they go from here yeah i gotta say so like you guys everywhere you go i'm sure people say what do you think Right, I got it in public. Great, got it on great. the beach over the weekend. Yeah. What do you think? And you want to be enthusiastic because these guys all were really good talkers. I mean, you're going to play some of the sound here. Foley, in particular, the defensive tackle that I knew nothing about. I I was captivated. I thought he had mm-hmm. great answers. Okay, so I couched everything I said to people about what I thought because I said it last year. Just like the coach, I thought the coach was a, a a reach last year, but but the players I liked last year. Mm-hmm. Um, here's here's though. The difference. The one thing that I've been telling people that I believe will give this team a chance to actually get it done, and that's the quarterback, right? Because they were putting talent around Blake and hoping that the talent could lift Blake, right? right? Because you've got Trevor Lawrence, and because I think all of us still believe he's incredibly talented and capable of being this franchise quarterback, then maybe this stuff will stick because you bring in Doug Peterson. I don't know what word to use because, as I said, culture just means nothing. I just heard it all year last year from the other guy. Um, but what you're doing is bringing in people, serious professional football players and coaches who know how to do the job as opposed to experiment in it. And when I read that article in The Athletic, it just pissed me off that we turned this place over to him last year. I hope he never works in professional football again. I don't think he will. Yeah, I, um, I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, well, you, you never know. know. But, but I, it just oh, I know. It, it yeah. pissed me off that something that – because we all are invested in this thing, you know? And he was only invested in it to the tune of himself, and he did a lot of damage. But I think Doug Peterson's the right guy, and I like the guys they brought in to be able to work with Trevor Lawrence and lift this thing up. 
Ashlyn, what was your biggest takeaway from all the guys you sat down with last week? All these guys came in Thursday, uh, another one came in Friday, but what stood out the most to you? I thought they were all incredibly similar. And I think John mentioned in the press conference how they all won the press conference. The vibe was very humble and appreciative to be here. And, and like Brian and John, I say that with a grain of salt because I was the same way last year. I remember Marvin Jones walking in the building and Jihad Ward being really intense in the interview and thinking, wow, this is no, awesome. Jenkins was terrific. Yeah, and not to say that they didn't have impact on the field. Yeah. They did, but they're not the Calais Campbells and AJ Boys and what you hope to be in free agency. With that said, yes, it's new, and it's optimistic, and it's changed, and you can't help but be positive right now. But like John, I say it with a grain of salt. Now they got to prove it on the field. Yeah, I was, I was concerned on Wednesday or Thursday, I guess. But then they answered the question, I think they can all go A to B. So I think they're set there. <laughs> so I think we're in good shape. They can get to four to six. <laughs> yeah. So that is the first step to me. Second step Check. was that um, – this is a different free agency class, all kidding aside, because A to B is important. It's a different free agency class in this sense. When people ask, what do you think? I don't want to get lost that these are better, more impactful efforts yeah. than was made in free agency last year. Um, the guys who came in last year were meant for the most part to uh, plug holes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaq Griffin was maybe the exception to that. Uh, Rashawn Jenkins a little bit, but they weren't huge swings. They weren't going for the home runs. Brandon Scherf is, uh, as Balky said, potentially a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. Um, Christian Kirk wouldn't put him in that category, but these guys are made to make, I hate the word splash, but these are home run swings. Mm -hmm. So it's a different free agent class. It's clear they are going after it harder with this class than they did last year's class. Let's hear from Foley Fadakasi, defensive tackle. You got that name down already. Well, yeah. He's not playing around. I like it. We had to say it 10 million times I'm just, last week. I'm just giving you props. Congratulations. <laughs> That's You know how it is. Play-by-play guy. Mastering names is not easy. Here's Foley on why like he it. chose Jacksonville. Really, this just came down to someone believing in me. Um, someone saw something in me. They saw something about my ability. Um, and they took a chance on me. And I'm always grateful for people that just, just gives me a chance. Because all you need is one person to believe in you. And... Um, that's what made me come in. It's a blessing. You know, you, you put in a lot of time and effort and um, literal blood, sweat, and tears to get to this point. And, you know, I, I can only thank God for it. But um, now that I'm here at this point, it's all about what more could I do? You know what I mean? How much more could we inspire each other? How much more could we motivate one another? Ashlyn, to your point, um, you know, hearing his story, the way yeah. he came through, six-round pick, Played like one game his rookie season. You never know if those guys are going to stick or not. But then he found a role and found Mm -hmm. a way and stuck with it and and kept uh, working and and battled through. Yeah, he was by far the most emotional um, telling his story. And it was interesting. We got to the point where he was really talking about leaving his hometown. He's from Queens. And you know New Yorkers. They're very proud of where they're from. And and he went to college around there and then played for the New York Jets. He said, this is really my first time leaving home. And I always pictured when I left home, it was because I've reached success. And for him to reach the second contract is the success that, that he wished upon. It's the ultimate success story. Well, he's coming to Florida. I mean, come on. That's I the know, second. He's not moving. <laughs> There's but so he many New Yorkers said, here. Yeah, he said, you know, when I moved, I knew it would be it's because I made it. So you could tell he was getting really emotional that he got this second contract. When I left home, it's because my father told me I had to. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 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 have, I have a different story yeah. on that. But I think what 
uh, struck me about the seven was I don't know whether they'll, quote, live up to their contracts. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do that when you're making the kind of money that free agents make. But what I do believe is that these seven, you're not going to have any of those guys who say, okay, well, I made the money. Now I'm done. Right. Yeah. Now I'm checking out. You got the idea that they will all try to earn whatever is in the third year. So, and there are elements of that. We've had it in at this franchise before, way beyond, uh, for me, but you're not going to get a Jerry Porter out of this bunch. No. That, you know, uh, I would nobody love to here will come here and check out. So say, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to tell the story. You were in Indy when oh, Porter was here. I heard uh, about it. Uh, you heard the story about the T-shirt <laughs> that he wore past Mrs. Mrs. Weaver's window. I can't say it on the air. Um, <laughs> and he walked in the door. He got a ten million dollar check, and he wore the most offensive shirt imaginable into the building. And somebody said to me, "They screwed that one up." I mean, immediately you right. knew. And so six of the seven, John, um, have something to prove. I mean, Christian Kirk has to prove that he wasn't a dramatic reach, right? Every one of those guys, except for Scherf who you know, brings five Pro Bowls to the table, which, by the way, is the same amount as Hall of Famer Tony Baselli had. So that kind of puts you into the idea of where he fits in the, the, the Jaguars' lineage on the offensive line. And number two, um, second best, I think. But every one of those guys, Ingram comes in as a former first-round bust. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, to your point, Ashlyn, people forget what the average salary is in this league. They see these massive contracts doled out to Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams. They forget that the average salary in this league is just over a million dollars, which tells you how many of the players make minimum salary. A guy like Foley Fatukasi. There you go. There you go. Um, comes in, and he's emotional because he got it. He got his bite of the apple. Right. So few of them do. And I'm sure there were days where he didn't think he was going to. Absolutely, yeah. and that's life-changing money. Good for him, and I, it, you have no doubt after listening to him, um, realizing that he will come to earn the money. And I, I'll tell you a quick story. I was sitting on the aisle in the team meeting room as he walked down the aisle, and I was reading a magazine, waiting for him to show up, and it wasn't a sports-related magazine. He stopped. He said, should I read that article? And I said, yeah, I think you'd like it. And he goes, okay. And then as he came back by, he goes, what's the name of the magazine? And I showed it to him. And he walked out. He goes, thanks. I, he, just, he, he, told, he was so happy to be there. He wanted to interact with people. Yeah. And I like that. I, I, these are people. They're human beings. And for two years, we haven't been in their face like we had been in the locker room. It was fun to interact again. It was. It was funny with, with Foley. You always introduce yourself. And, and I, I get it. It's, it's a lot when there's a camera in your face and there's lights and it's a lot going on that day. But Foley, it was interesting. We introduced ourselves and it was probably a, a crew of six. And you want to know, oh, F- Flynn, Thomas Flynn behind the video camera. Okay, what do you do? What's your role? And, and how'd you get here? Where'd you start? It's just like little yeah. things like that that you don't normally expect players to ask or, or frankly care about. But for him, you could tell he was yeah. interested in what everyone was doing there. I liked him a lot. What was Flynn's answer? Because I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> he had a long explanation. I'm dying to know. <laughs> Let's hear from Zay Jones. You mentioned Christian Kirk with $37 million guaranteed dollars coming his way. Evan Ingram, a former first-round pick at tight end. Zay Jones. <laughs> Pretty high pick himself at wide receiver, now making his third stop in the NFL. I believe in it. Um, I think it's a – I've talked to some other players that have been with with Doug and and these guys, and they've told me a little bit about the offense and, like, how it works and and schematically and things like that. But I just had to take their word for it, do my own research and things like that. But um, it's a great team, young quarterback, who, who to me looks very, very promising and very good, and I believe in and, you know, I want to be a part of something that's that's building towards the future. And ultimately, yeah, just my heart. I was like, yeah, this is the place I want to go. 
Zay Jones went to East Carolina, Greenville, North Carolina, and then was a second-round pick of the Bills, sent over to the Raiders. And as he said in the press conference the other day, you know, he, he was involved in some big moments in those two franchises. The, the playoff appearance here against the Jaguars. Right. That the Jaguars won that game 10-3, to I believe. And then in Oakland, the last game in Oakland, the Jaguars got him that time, too. So the Jaguars, might as well, if you can't beat him, join him. Here's what was interesting to me. This is the first time in his football career that he ever got to choose where he was going, right? I mean, he got to choose East Carolina, but it wasn't where he wanted to go. He made that one clear. And then he was drafted by Buffalo. And just as he got smooth, you know, comfortable in Buffalo, you know, they trade him to, to Oakland. He didn't want to go there, yeah. right? This, and he didn't choose his high school. This is the first time he chose to come somewhere on his own, and he chose to come here, which if you listen to the narrative around the league, why would anyone want to go to Jacksonville? Well, let us list the reasons. But most people look at the Jaguars and say, I don't want any part of that. Mm-hmm. And, John, he said, I want to be a part of that. And the quarterback had a big part in that. Yeah, I thought it was striking that uh, the quarterback had a big part of it. And for the offensive guys, it was interesting to me to hear uh, Evan Ingram talking about wanting to play for Doug. Yeah. And I think uh, it's not coincidental that Brandon Scherf played in the in the NFC East. Uh, Evan Ingram played in the NFC East. Ingram saw what he did with the tight ends. Ingram strikes me as a guy who studies the league, mm-hmm. knows what's going on at his position. I wanted to come play for this coach. Obviously, the money is the primary reason you go to a place in free agency. But I think there is a comfort level for these guys coming here because of the quarterback and the coach. I think, and we had the coach on uh, drive time last week. And just sitting next to him and listening to him talk and feeling the enthusiasm and the energy, it, I'd want to play for him. And I, I think you have to – I do. I look at it and I go, man, what if they had gotten him last year? Mm-hmm. Where would they be right now? Which is a good reason to look forward and think where they can be in 2023 once he gets a chance to really build this thing his way. Uh, it doesn't surprise me at all that they wanted to play for him, John. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not he, to belabor the point that we've been making since February 6th, but uh, when you listen to him – uh, he doesn't have to have the NFL explained to him. No. Yeah. And there are certain things that get said where he's like, yeah, we've got to do that, yeah. uh, but we'll get that done. He knows uh, the pitfalls. He knows the speed bumps. Uh, can he get around them? I don't know. But if you know where they are, there's an easier chance. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting when we were talking with Evan Ingram and we mentioned the tight end and Doug Peterson known for playing that. He kind of was similar in a way to Christian Kirk where we wanted to put him in a box almost and put him as a slot receiver. And Coach Peterson came on drive time and said, no, 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 we're going to move this guy around. And similar with Ingram, he goes, yeah, I'm kind of excited to play outside wide receiver for a little bit. So it's clear that these offensive weapons have the expectation they're going to move around a lot and it's not one single role in free agency. Evan Ingram was brought in here to be an offensive weapon. When we return, a packed cornerback room for the Jaguars and major changes at linebacker. And what the heck is coming up in the next few weeks for the Jaguars? This Jaguars Reporters. Welcome back to Jaguars Reporters. J.P. Shadrick, Ashlyn Sullivan, Brian Sexton, John Osier. Hey, uh, all of you and your guests are invited to enjoy <laughs> Daly's Place Like the Stars on Thursday, March 24th. That's coming up in a few days. You'll be on stage with a live band, catering, drinks, and valet parking. 
to discuss your 2022 VIP Daily's Place options. Email ticketing at boldevents.com for more information. And, of course, some great shows continue to be announced. Dirk's Bentley, Schlen coming up August 28th. Oh, yeah. You'll be there for that one. April 8th, Brothers Osborne. Dave Matthews Band, two nights, early June. Two nights of Keith Urban in August. Info at dailiesplace.com. You going to be any of those, Bri? Uh, my wife loves country music, so okay. we'll probably go see uh, Dirk Bentley and Keith Urban. Well, Osher has a couch uh, that, that's part of his package, so he can, you know... That's part of his There's deal. a couch right over there in the studio, uh, Ryan. <laughs> it's not, not a It's daily free. Place. You watch it on the screen. Is that what you do? Sure. Yeah. Y- yes. Yeah. <laughs> she was watching Adele last night uh, on... Uh, the One Night Special? Yes. Ugh. Yes. And I said, how do you I watch watched, music John. on TV? And that just, is Oprah's sit-down interview. I'm getting off track. Here I go again. Yeah. No, I, did, was, I, did, I just saw her singing. I didn't... Was she talking and singing at the same time? Oh, Joe says it's another one. It's okay. not Oprah's special. Yeah. From London. Different. Oh, live okay. from London. Anyway, speaking oh, of right, we're, we're way off of it. Yeah. <laughs> so probably country. Let's get back to football. All right. Uh, quickly. <laughs> I'm better there. I like television. And Adele. <laughs> I hope Adele's cor- listening. Squirrel. The cornerback room. Darius Williams arrived Friday and later in the afternoon signed the contract and met with the media. Uh, but now it's a stacked cornerback room here all of a sudden. Shaq Griffin, of course, came in last year in free agency for big money. Tyson Campbell, a draft pick. Darius Williams. Herndon's back. I mean, all of a sudden, Ashland, that's a strength on defense, it yeah. feels like. Yeah, and I think you really only needed that one more piece, and that is Darius Williams. I think he has the shot now after playing opposite Jalen Ramsey to kind of elevate his play. I mean, Chad Griffin is obviously a lockdown corner on the other side, but I felt okay about that room. I always just thought you need one more, and here's that one more. And also, I know Trey Hernan is he's been here a while, but you need that depth, so bringing him back, okay, you people feel good who, about it. People who know better than me tell me that if he's your fourth corner, you're all right. I mean, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's a guy who can play inside. He can play outside. He's not an every down, lockdown kind of player. Uh, but if he's your fourth, you're all right. Well, he's your fourth. Yeah. I mean, Darius Williams comes in. You need three starting corners in this league. Uh, and he gives that to you. And I would assume that this draft is good in corners from what I read. Uh, I would think that you'd be able to find even another young player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everybody's going to be obsessed with who's playing where. Uh, to me, I expect Darius Williams to play the nickel. Um, I don't know if that's how to play out or not, but that's what. But in the NFL now, that's a starting position, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's being paid like a starting position because guess what? If you don't have one, you're in a lot of trouble. Uh, I would anticipate that that would be a spot where they might draft two players. Not a knock on Trey Herndon, but it's a safe draft spot because those players are going to be on the field quickly for special teams. You need guys who can run. It's an athletic, fast position. They always play special teams. So um, I don't think they're set there. I think you need five or six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would think out of the draft or perhaps uh, Cleta free agency, that's where you find those guys. Yeah, and it wasn't to say I think Tyson Campbell, we all can agree, had a huge year at the back end of the year. And, you know, he earned that starting spot. But it's not to say that you felt super confident. All right, let's just keep Shaq Griffin and Tyson Campbell and everything will be okay. No. You, it was obvious you needed more bodies there. No. Well, I think it was Trent may have said, or uh, Bucky Brooks on, on uh, the podcast last week, a veteran nickel in this day and age, it's awfully hard to ask a rookie to play that spot because there's so much that goes into it. You're playing inside. There's a lot going on. It's easier to have a young guy. Tyson Campbell got a lot better when he was just asked to go play the outside. I don't know. I haven't talked to him to know how difficult it was for him early when he was trying to play inside. But it is a much more complex position in the National Football League to play inside than it is outside. So having a guy who's done it 
and as a fifth-year veteran, right, is a plus. The interesting story, you know, if, if you're following the draft, and I know we've been focused on free agency, is that the the kid from Cincinnati, Gardner, Sauce Gardner, mm-hmm. uh, what's his first name? Amon, um, Sauce, Sauce. I like it though. He's climbing. I mean, he's climbing boards fast. He's past Stingley, and and he looks like a top five pick. Uh, and he played really well against Alabama when the rest of that defense was exposed in that uh, college football playoff game. So the value of the cornerback position is a lot like the value of a pass rusher. Um, if there's a good one, he's going to climb the board. And right now, he's one of the hottest names in the draft space. Let's stay on defense and our final look at an addition in free agency. Foyer Aluakin is in at linebacker, but some massive changes, of course, to the personnel in that room. Miles Jack's now with the Steelers. Damian Wilson is going to the Panthers. Two starting linebackers last year. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a full change at linebacker. You know, I wonder what the other spot will be. There's some, you know, some younger players on the roster right now. Do they do more work there, Ashlyn? It's a big question. But bringing in the league's leading tackler last year is a good step in the right direction. It is, and I understand the salary cap and having to let guys go. And it's pretty clear you're going to have to address that spot in the draft now. You have to. You can't be content with what is there. It's okay, but not at a competitive level. You need to add more bodies there, too. Well, it might be okay. Uh, uh, we don't know about Dylan Moses, and yeah. he's a real wild card in this. Um, if he's right, if, if his legs are right, and JP uh, followed him to Alabama, he was going to be a first round pick, and he was good. he was a big time player. Uh, the second part of this is if if they're playing a three four, which I'm assuming they are, um, that position that we're talking about, I assume Aluokan. Aluokan. Lucan. Okay, I'm the writer. You just um, say it really quickly. He's, uh, I assume he's on the field most plays. The other uh, backer in that is on the field about 25% of the time. So it's not a position you have to go get in the first or second round. It is a position that can be drafted late. And there's a question over uh, what that role will actually look like. It's not like you're playing uh, two inside linebackers. 100% of the time, and need front-line equity at both of those spots. So I think that's how they're playing the position. You know, the interesting thing with the signing of Christian Kirk and the signing of Zay Jones is if, say, Nicobe Dean, who is getting dinged because he's not very tall, slides down the board and is sitting there at 33, you now don't have to go take a wide receiver. If Nicobe Dean is the best player on your board yeah. and is sitting at 33, you can solve that problem right there. That's what free agency did for them. It gave them the flexibility to go and do what they want to do on draft day. Can Gotta I be completely honest? I completely forgot about Dylan Moses. That's yeah. much we haven't talked about him we this play. entire year. Right. Yeah, I think he showed up on the practice field like the last week of the season yeah. just to yeah. actually do a little something. But um, he was on the non-football injury list all last year as a rookie. So here we go. Let's see but if he's got anything in the offseason. That position is primarily a, a run position that's going to play 25% of the snaps. I'm not saying it's unimportant, but it's not uh, just because it's on the depth chart. I would consider a nickel corner a far higher priority than that second linebacker position. But they got that too. What's that? They got that too. Yep. Darius Williams. I know you're, you're dialed in on wide receiver at 33, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if you watch that kid play at Georgia, how good he Mm -hmm. is. Um, if he slides down into that range, a playmaker on defense is a playmaker on defense. Or if they trade back the number one pick, or if they trade up into the first round for a receiver. They have so many draft picks that it doesn't have to be the set in stone. They can go trade up and get what they need. 
Trader Schlin. Yeah. Well, they did a nice job of addressing enough holes that they have flexibility to do the yeah. best thing for the team. And I'm a always a best available player guy. Mm-hmm. All right. So now what? We've got uh, it's it's March 21st. The league meetings are next week in Palm Beach. Johnny, you'll be there for those rule changes from the league. There's always some news that seems to come out of those. Um, you know, you got to hold some space in the cap for the rookie salary pool, all that, but. They might be a little tight with that. They might have to do some work on some guys, renegotiate some things, moving ahead. There's, and all of a sudden, April 11th, officially the start of the Jags offseason program. We're inside a month. Yeah, it certainly sounds free agency wise like they're, I mean, they're obviously done with that first wave. Uh, it sounds like, I'm not sure what's going on with Lender. Uh, there are reports that he's considering retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he'll be back or not. If he's not, then you've got nine more million, and that possibly becomes another uh, possible, quote, front-line guy. I, I think, Brian, you asked Trent Baalke about the cap on our uh, on, uh, drive time mm-hmm. last week. He certainly sounded to me, the key phrase was he emphasized that they hadn't pushed anything forward yet. Right. Um, for, for people who don't understand, when you start pushing forward, that's when you start getting yourself where you have to – manage the cap and sort of cheat the cap if you will mm-hmm. that's what uh, becomes that credit card the high interest credit yeah. card that's maxed out it yep. sounded to me like he doesn't want to go there yet uh so i don't know if they're going to spend big the rest of this free agency period because actually there's more cash to spend at right, some point right, yeah. even shot i mean come on I think that would be the only trigger point there but i think trent is happy having that cap unmortgaged right now well we talked about three years a three-year window before you get the chance to pay the quarterback and so spend to the cap and certainly they have done that but Shalyn and I were just doing numbers getting ready for tomorrow for drive time and the Jaguars are, are currently 25th in in the salary cap rankings right next year they're 25th and in 2024 they're 25th and in 2024 they are 25th with $140 million in cap room, right? And the point is, is that the cap is going to take a couple of significant jumps forward here in 2023 and 2024. So to put as much money as you can in this year makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. then you have flexibility in the next two years when you still need to spend to the cap. I, it sounds like they've done a good job. Tim Walsh has been down there from 1995, uh, 96. And, uh, and helping manage the cap. And he's a really bright guy. Mm-hmm. And it, it sure looks like they have done this right from a, from a numbers perspective. Uh, going back quickly to our uh, linebacker discussion a moment ago, uh, just moments ago, this is at uh, 10.40 a.m., Adam Schefter tweeting that Titans free agent linebacker Rashawn Evans is visiting the Jaguars tonight, per source. There yeah. you go. Former first-round pick. Can I tell the story? In, 19, in 2018, I'm in Dallas uh, for the draft. And I got word from someone who was in and around the war room that there were four players the Jaguars were looking at, right? Um, They were interested in Calvin Ridley. They were 29, and this was about 20 on the clock. Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver from Alabama. They were looking at uh, Hayden Hurst, the tight end from South Carolina. Um, Rashawn Evans, and (laughs) your boy from Florida, the defensive tackle, Taven Bryan, right? Why do you call my boy? It's your guy. the, The first three went off. Right, those first three guys, bang, 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 and they were left with Taven Bryan. And of course, I thought Evans was a really nice player for the last couple of years in Tennessee. I'm, I can remember last year thinking, ah, how come they couldn't get him instead of Taven Bryan? Well, now it looks like they maybe have a shot. There at you him. go. Life comes full circle. It, uh, in this league, it sure does. <laughs> That'll do it for this edition of Jaguars Reporters. 
Brian Sexton, Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osier, and for Joe Fortunato, I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next time on the Jaguars Reporters Podcast.